Welcome to the True Joy Revolution. I'm your host, Katerina Cormas, confidence, clarity, and mindset coach for new and aspiring entrepreneurs. This podcast is for women ready to leave nine to five behind and become the CEO of their own life and business. Each week, I'll be bringing you inspiring conversations with successful entrepreneurs who share their expert mindset and business secrets to help you cut through the overwhelm and take the steps to become the entrepreneur you were meant to be. This is where you connect to the life and business that is perfect for you and embark on the adventure that you were born to take. This is where the true joy revolution begins. Are you ready? Let's go. Hi, y'all. Welcome to the True Joy Revolution. I am so excited to introduce you to my friend and former coworker from our nine to five days, Kathy Jamison. Kathy left her career in nonprofit fundraising, and now she is her own CEO of North Texas Cookie Jar, where she makes the most delicious cookies, uh, beautiful art on these sugar cookies. I love them. My family loves them. So welcome, Kathy. Thank you so much. Thank you for the compliments, too. <laughs> My head is going to swell, but... <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's what we want as entrepreneurs, right? We want people Ooh, yeah. to love the hard work we put into everything. Yes. So thanks for chatting with us. Um, you and I both worked together at March of Dimes for years. Uh, we did the nine to five nonprofit fundraising grind, um, which was more like seven in the morning to I was gonna say it's not know about nine to five. <laughs> <laughs> it's misleading. Yeah. Um yeah. more like an all day every night thing. Um but and then you left and you now started your own business. Uh so tell us tell us about your journey because you were in nonprofit fundraising for a while. Yeah I had done nonprofit pretty much over 20 years, a lot of that was volunteering. And then it became um, a profession, a career for me. But, um, you know, I liked working with the mission families and, you know, the people that I, I met along the way that pretty much sustained me and kind of filled my heart in a way that, um, you know, needed mm-hmm. that, that fulfillment. But it came to a point where it just became too corporate for me and I was becoming a person I no longer enjoyed being Mm -hmm. and that carried into my, you know, my home life too. And, you know, when that starts to happen, something needs to change. Mm -hmm. And for me that happened and I was forced to kind of reevaluate and what did I want to do? I kind of hung up the cleats and said no more nonprofit except on a volunteer basis where I'm doing what, you know, truly fulfills me in that regard. But what am I going to do to fill that void? Because I, I, I don't like to be a stay at home. I can't say stay at home mom. My kids are grown, (laughs) but I need to be doing something. So my husband had always said you should open a cookie business. He said that for years because I bake around the holidays. I bake when somebody needs something. And he also wanted cookies all of the time. <laughs> like, you know, I don't think I can do that. Um, I, it's just not a reality. So now I'm forced to make a decision and it just made sense. It just, everything kind of fell in alignment for me. And we decided to look into it because you just can't jump in and start baking 
you know, there's, there's a, a lot of research that needed to be done. So, yeah. 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 So it wasn't something you dreamed of. It was something that was talked about. No, I don't know that I really dreamed of it because I guess I didn't think that that could be my reality. I do have a brother that's a pastry chef and he went to culinary school. So he's, he's trained and he does great work. I didn't have that path. I didn't follow that path. So I thought, well, I'm too old to be going back to school, but I had been baking since probably young adult, right in my twenties. I did help my mom growing up, but that meant getting the ingredients, Mm -hmm. (laughs) watching her put it all together and then putting the ingredients away and cleaning up her mess. (laughs) So I don't know. (laughs) That's not what I I wanted to do. So yeah. Yeah. I just, I, it was just something I enjoyed. I never thought that I could make some sort of a profession out of it. That's really interesting. I think a lot of us, I mean, I, I never, at first, like even nine, nine to five and being miserable and, and just feeling like I had lost myself as well. Like I literally had lost myself somewhere in it, but I, being an entrepreneur, starting a business, I didn't think it was possible either. Right. I didn't, I didn't go to school for business. Right. You always went to school for business. If you wanted to do business, like I didn't go to school for that. Um, and I think a, a lot of people think the same thing. They have that dream on their heart and they bury it under, well, I can't do that, or I'm too old to go back to school, or I need to go back to school. I think that's that's a, an interesting thing I come across is a lot of people thinking they need this education to right. do something. Like, yes, if you're going to be a lawyer or a doctor, you got to go back to school. <laughs> but to start a business, you don't. You just have to get on Google. <laughs> and I think that's a common uh, entrepreneurial like uh, Academy is Google and Pinterest. <laughs> right. Exactly. And YouTube, 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 everything. Right? YouTube, yes. That's becoming a staple. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you learned some techniques from Google. Mm-hmm. Uh, from I did. Yeah. But then it's that idea that will, it's that like, it's like a little jump, like a little bit of a, a shift where you're like, well, let me at least look into it. Let me just at least try. Um, and so when you started researching it, did you find it complicated? I think it was more or less, where do you start? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I didn't have a name yet. Um, with a name, then you have to have the branding, a logo. So it's like, where do you start? Um, I did, in my research, I came across the Texas Cottage Law, which is basically the law that governs home bakers. Mm-hmm. So I read that thoroughly. And made sure that I was able to comply with it, which um, turns out I can. And they've also made some changes, which benefits. Um, They went into effect in September. So very, very recently that happened. So it allows me to do a little bit more with the business. But baking in the home, there's certification for food handlers that I had to take. And certain packaging and steps you have to, to follow. I can't do any milk products, anything that needs to be refrigerated. So mm-hmm. cookies are safe. So that's what I, I can stick to, which is fine. So I read that I can comply with all of that. And then connected with an agency to help me with creating the logo. I came up with the name. I had a few names, but they were taken. Of course. <laughs> so yeah. So I had to settle, but I, I wanted a cookie jar in it for some reason. I just, you know, there's so much you can do um, play on words and all with, you know, a cookie jar, like who's got their hand in a cookie jar and a little bakery somewhere called a cookie jar. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. So 
Um, it's my name. We have it patent, so it's it's good to go. And then building a website. I mean, there's just so much behind the scenes stuff that I had to take care of before you can just put yourself out there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I found in the research and then started, you know, baking for people that I knew and then asking them, you know, if they liked what they received and were happy. All I ask is referrals. Yep. That's Uh, some reviews. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I've had some pretty interesting orders come up uh, quantity wise and that would require me (laughs) to spend a little more time because I try to do my baking in the nine to five Mm -hmm. window so that while my husband's at work, I could be doing all the baking. So when he comes home, I have all that time freed up to spend with him, which is what I didn't have in that nine to midnight or whatever schedule that I (laughs) was following. And there's no commute. My commute is from the front of the house in my office, which is where I'm at now to the living room. Yes. (laughs) So, you know, and that was the joke early on. It was like, he texts me or send me a message when you getting off. (laughs) And I'd say, well, it's almost six because his hours are a little different than mine. He goes in much earlier, but, um, he goes, how long is it going to take you to get home? And I said, well, you know, I'm a little sore today, so it's going to take me two minutes. So we, we kind of joked about that because the commute part of um, working in my nonprofit job was it, it adds it 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 adds time and takes away life yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I had this job, and it required me to bake 500 cookies in three to four days. I think when I finally got it all settled, it was like three days. Yeah. And I said, I want to do this, but it's going to require some longer hours. I brought in my son's girlfriend who has gone to a class with me and she's worked in a bakery in the past. So she knows and she could help me with some of the icing. So I had to call her and paid her to help me because I wanted to get this job done. It was for a hotel chain for a conference they were having. And all I thought was it's, it's an opportunity mm-hmm. and that's 500 people that are going to be exposed. And from that, I've received several orders. Uh, yeah. Somebody told somebody or, yeah. So sometimes you just it's have to, sometimes you have to hustle. A oh little bit. yeah. Yeah. It's something I'm not, you know, used to doing, not the hustle, like begging for, well, I should say begging for money because that was nonprofit, but it's a different kind of thing when you're trying to pump yourself up and, yeah. you know, it just, something I'm having to learn along the way is that it's okay to brag on what you do. We're so not taught, we're not taught that in school. Um, you know, that's one of the hard things, even with my massage business, I realized it, it took me a while to put it, like put it into perspective that people are finding me on Google or they're finding me on word of mouth. Right. Mm-hmm. And people want to one, they want to see referrals. They want to know somebody else went there and had a good, you know, yeah, a, good experience. a good experience. So me having to ask for reviews on Google or Facebook or Yelp or to, to be like, Oh, if you know, you know, even saying the, if you know of anybody else that needs a massage, let them know it's, it is, you're right. Cause you're, we spent our whole careers talking about the co- companies or nonprofits we were working for. Mm-hmm. Right. And being like, they're amazing. You want to work with us to, you want to work with me? Cause I'm awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Totally different. Totally different. And, and how do you think, so, cause this is, I think one of the toughest things about becoming an entrepreneur, especially after you leave nine to five is it's totally different mindset. It's like a totally different world. Um, 
you learn so much about yourself, <laughs> what you're capable of. Um, yes. What was that transition like? And I know you had a little time in between before yeah, you, I did. you know, do the side hustle. And, but what was that, what was that learning experience like? What was that transition like? It was, I would say it was hard because I was having to trust in myself more because it was all me. I had no one else that I, you know, can lean on. This is pretty much all me. Mm -hmm. I'm doing the baking. I'm doing, I have to sell myself. So that part of it was a huge obstacle. Just, yeah. you know, believing in yeah. myself. And I didn't really have to do that before because I knew I could do the fundraising. I knew I could plan events. It was just natural. Mm -hmm. So it just, it, it, it shifted in a way that now I'm just trying to, get people excited about what I personally can do for them. And it's, yeah. I mean, it's a cookie and why get mine when you can go to a grocery store and get it? And I have to, you know, and taste the same. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, it's, it, it's, been, it's been challenging at times. Yeah. So, but you know, I've got my cheerleaders here, my husband, my sons. I mean, my son that lives here is always, you know, selling me at work and, I send samples. I mean, I sent some yesterday, <laughs> sent some last week because when I, when I bake, I always bake over. So either the customer is going to benefit because I'm going to give them extra yeah. or if I have a whole lot and I don't want to eat them and I don't need my husband eating them all the time. I send them <laughs> or if I have to have a sample because I need a photograph. Yeah. Yeah. I, I send that whole trace somewhere. And that's good. Cause business. that's how people get to know who you are sampling. Yeah. Give them a little, but it's, yeah. you know, I'm always waiting for that negative. I think too, I'm always waiting because I'm so used to nonprofit. There's always somebody beating you down. There's always someone telling you no and don't do it this way. So I'm still waiting for that to happen. I'm waiting to create an order and somebody to be disappointed and that hasn't mm -hmm. happened, but I'm fearful that someone's going to say, Oh, okay. <laughs> that's not what I asked for. Or I should say it's not what I asked for, but that's not what I envisioned. So there he is. Oh, somebody must be outside. Oh, he's coming. He's <laughs> somebody must be outside. Uh, there's nobody outside, but he thinks there's somebody outside. He thinks. <laughs> right here's me. Can you hear me or is there? No, is my headphones are on. Oh. Okay, go lay down. I'll be done in a minute. Uh, he might have just, I sometimes think he does it to get my attention. Oh, like oh. a child. <laughs> Somebody's mowing lawn. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So I think I can cut that out. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's real. It is real. It is real life. <laughs> Welcome to the world of being an entrepreneur. <laughs> I think that's such a natural um, fear for entrepreneurs, you know, mm -hmm. in a way, yes. As if, if you're in a, that sales position and you have a quota, right? If somebody says no, it's like, oh gosh, I could be fired because I'm not going to hit my quota. It's so much in our control that yes, we want the money. We want the business. We also don't want that negative review out there, you know, mucking up everything. Right. But I think it's such a natural thing. Um, and just knowing that it, I think the knowledge that something can go wrong. Like there is, there is somebody that's going to, you can't make everybody happy, right? Somebody's going to be unhappy at some point, but 
there, it does, that doesn't outweigh all of the really, really good stuff that people are talking True. about, but it's a, such a fear. I mean, even as a coach, it gets, or a massage therapist, it's such a fear that somebody's not going to like my massage. That's a, that's a hard pill to swallow. Cause it's when you're an entrepreneur, it's your business. And so it's you. So you feel like it's a reflection on you because you're the, you know, your business is you, it's your life. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's from your heart and soul. So yeah, it's like a personal, personal thing, but you do have some really great reviews out there. So. <laughs> Thank goodness. But I, yeah, and I, I'm learning how to ask, you know, mm-hmm. if you, if you like the experience, if everything turned out well, you know, if you wouldn't mind yep. sharing that. So yeah. Yeah, word of mouth is so powerful. It is, it is. And I look for that too. You know, mm-hmm. if I'm going to a new restaurant or a new hotel or, or what have you, I look for those. Yep. I mean, I'm really bad about just reading through all of them. Because yep. I know that they're, you know, people are really quick to say something bad before they'll take the time to say something good. Very true, very true. So, so you know, if the majority of them are good. Yeah, um, and so far they're all good, so. That's good. That's good. You brought up a good point though, because being, you know, running your own business, you know, with the marketing and answering emails and the invoices and collecting payment and buying supplies and everything, social media, it's all on you. So I know for me, one of the things I've struggled with is what you brought up is that work-life balance. Mm -hmm. And it is different from a nine to five because, you know, you can, you have the power. You know that if you don't work... (laughs) You're not going to actually make money. You're not going to finish a project, right? But it's 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 hard as an entrepreneur to cut, you know, cut cut the line between the two. And so, how do you do that? How do you successfully draw the line? It's funny you said that because if I had like that that order I had that, and I had another one that recently it was 550 cookies. So it's you know, you're putting in all the hours, you're spending all the time and you know, either you're sta- standing up, bending over or you're sitting doing certain, pro- it just depends on what I'm doing. I try to stand more than sit, but you know, it was a beautiful day outside and I thought, Oh, I haven't been in the pool in a while. I just want to go hang out by the pool, soak in some rays, but I felt guilty. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, if, if I'm out there taking a day off, I guess, is what it truly would have been. I'm not making money. I'm not doing anything to build my business. And then on the flip side of that, my husband's at work busting his butt and here I am laying by the pool. So I'm still (laughs) trying to overcome that. Like, yes, I am entitled to take a break. And he's like, why didn't you do it? I just still have that guilt. Like I, and it's still from working nonprofit, Mm -hmm. you know, you felt guilty when you took a day off, you felt guilty being sick. Mm-hmm. Well, you're human. You're going to get sick. You're going to need that time to re-energize yourself. So I'm having to overcome more than anything, just that guilt, but cutting it off between, you know, my work stops. Like last night I was doing a project. Um, my son and his friends went home yesterday, so I had to take them to the airport. So I knew I wasn't going to start anything. And I've got a big week this week. I've mm-hmm. got some big orders due. So I thought, well, if I start something, then I have to stop to take them. I'll just wait till I get back. So I knew when I got back, I was a little um, short on my time for the day. So I extended it a little later, but I cut it off. I, I came to a good stopping point and my husband was like, you know, what all do you have left to do? I said, this is it. This, you know, from this time on, it's just me and you. I'm, you know, we can watch TV, catch up on shows, just hang out, whatever. But I have to 
you know, be assertive that way and tell myself, you know, it's, you, you've got a stopping point. Now, the only thing I had to do was I needed to package some cookies that, you know, later because the drying time and all. Yep. So, you know, he went to bed and I, you know, got those all packaged and I was in bed by 8.30. I never go to bed at 8.30, <laughs> ever. Um, so I'm getting more sleep now too. But anyway, just, Love you know, <laughs> kind of just knowing that, okay, you need to stop. You have the ability to stop because it's hard when you work from home, whether it's being an entrepreneur or if you're, you have a remote job that you're working for, you know, a corporation, cutting that off because it's so easy to yep. sit behind a laptop and do the work. You have to tell yourself it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've been brainwashed. You know, when you do go from nine to five to an, be an entrepreneur, you're brainwashed into, you need, you need to put your eight hours and hours. Yeah. And you have to be working. And I, my thing is my biggest one was at first I felt like I had to sit at my desk for eight hours to do work. And that was like, this is not what I built the businesses for. Like, I don't want to. And so then I have the hard time of, I might sit on the couch and do something while watching a show if it's like just brainless work. Right. Or I actually do my email writing, my blog writing in my backyard while watching my dog play. And like, but to me, like, then that's like, I'm working, you know what I mean? Like I'm working and I'm, you know. But I don't like it's it's such a hard thing. It's like such guilt when you're like, I'm just not going to pick up my phone and do something. I'm not going to respond to that text message or that voicemail message. Like last night, a client contacted me at like five and I don't work evenings on Monday mm -hmm. and she wanted a massage last night. And I remember like driving in my car going, I should really respond to her. I should really respond to her. And then the other voice is like, no, you're not working right now. Like you're not on the schedule to work right now. You get to have a life, but from nine to five, you're brainwashed, especially nonprofit when we're brainwashed to respond to your chair or your whoever at nine o'clock oh, at night absolutely. because they contact you. It's your chair. <laughs> But it's funny yeah. because, you know, many years ago when we didn't have all this technology, when you left work, that right. phone that connected you to your job was in that office. Mm -hmm. So when you left, you left it behind. Why can't that still be the case That's now? Funny. Like It's so hard because it's a smartphone now. It's your yeah. computer in yeah. your hand. <laughs> right. Which, But I think mm -hmm. we're also up against the culture that that's created that people that email you or reach out to you, whatever, they want a response now, mm -hmm. forgetting that there are boundaries. So you're up against your old brain, your old, you know, way of thinking, plus what other people are expecting of you. And that I struggle with that. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs do like, I, I really should respond. Like I want this client, so I want to respond to them. But at the same yes. time, you're like, but I'm on vacation with my family and I don't want to respond while I'm on vacation with my family or I'm at the movies. <laughs> Or I'm out mm -hmm. to dinner, or I'm just sitting in my backyard reading a book. So you still feel that because you you became an entrepreneur long before me. Mm-hmm. So you're still struggling with that too. Oh, I struggle with it every day, <sighs> every day, and but it's gotten easier. It's definitely Good. gotten better. Where I but it's um. It's, it's definitely a mental thing. Like you literally have to say it to yourself. Like it's okay that I'm sitting outside. <laughs> just doing nothing. Like it's okay if I want to get into bed and watch TV and read a magazine. I do not have to be checking social media. It's okay. I could really have to say it to myself that it's okay. And with two businesses, you double that. You double the, I need True. to be all things at all times 
um, because I don't like to work a nine to five day. So it's really deciding if I have clients, like this evening I have clients, it's, I don't have to work up until I have clients and it's okay, but it's a constant, it's, it's really a rewiring your whole brain to understand what work is and what life is and what the balance is. Because as you said before, you could leave work um, and just leave it and just leave it and go home and say, well, even though I have a smartphone now, I'm not going to read my emails or I'm not going to respond to anybody. But when they're meshed together, you really have to rewire your brain. And yeah, but that guilt, that guilt, I think that's a big struggle that a lot of us definitely (laughs) overcome. Yeah, Yeah. need to overcome. Don't, we don't overcome it easily. <laughs> That's for sure. Apparently not. <laughs> well, and with you, like you have orders, right? They're, most likely they're buying cookies from you for an event that they're right. having. So there's a whole, you know, you have a hard deadline for those. Right. And I've learned to, I mean, I'm super organized, so that's by nature. So I've been able to put that into practice and plan out my week. I've learned what my limits are, how much I can take on in a week. So that was part of that learning curve. You can't say yes to everybody though. I want to, and I always try to fit everybody in, but I'm not going to go back to that burning the midnight oil because I need to get an order done because then I'm, you know, I'm not giving the best of myself to them either if I'm tired, worn out. So I've, I've learned to understand what I can handle. And it's not always about the number, it's about the project itself. If it's something that's, you know, super easy to do, then I know I can take on more. If it's something that's gonna be more detailed, more complicated, then I know I wanna make sure that I limit myself that week. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's creating those clear boundaries, not only with yourself, but also with your clients or potential clients. Um, That's another hard lesson to learn as an entrepreneur is that it's not just about you know, you have to have a boundary and, you know, sometimes it's not taking on a client cause you know, they're going to be difficult or no, really I'm only taking on this many this week. And that's hard because as an entrepreneur, as you said, like you want, you want to be successful and you want people to talk about you. And the best way to do that is to take on more clients and then you take on more clients and then they can talk about you, but then you cut into your own boundaries. <laughs> Right. There's a fine line of, you know, setting boundaries and saying, I'm not working on Mondays. And not taking on a client because you're like, oh, I should because. Yeah. It's funny because before I I started doing this, there was a a local cookier, which we call ourselves, (laughs) who I was trying to order from. And I tried to order from her a couple times. She does amazing work. And I could never, she never had availability. And I was like, well, I'm not going to ask her anymore. So in my mind, I have that too. Like there was, you know, I was on that, you know, other side trying to get orders placed and she mm-hmm. told me no, told me no, told me no. So I stopped wow. asking. So I, I don't want to be that person too. But if I truly can't do the job. Yes. And you I don't want to do, it. you don't want to do a poor job. Yeah. So now I understand why, why she can only take on so much, Plus, she has small children. So her window is much smaller than mine. much smaller than, but I think that also brings up a good point on scaling your business because it sounds like she needs, if she's constantly turning people away, sounds mm-hmm. like she's at that bridge of needing to scale it and yeah. hire. And maybe she doesn't want to do that, but that's something we learn as entrepreneurs on when you need to start to hire in order to grow and be able to right. take on more 
clients. And how big do you want to become? Mm-hmm. You, know, you have to decide that too. You know, my content being in this place where I have all the control yep. and can determine that future or, you know, do I want it to expand to the point where now I have to find a space and now I need to bring on more people who can do the same quality of work and that mm-hmm. just, you know, there's going to be a lot of thought if that, you know, if we get to that point, a lot of thought yeah. going into that decision. Oh, especially when you're, when you're talking about something like baking, like that's a whole, yeah. you don't want to lose the quality by making exactly. bigger batches and having other people decorating and yeah, yeah. you don't want to mess up that recipe. That's so good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, recipe. So what would you, what would you tell people that are, you know, they want to start a business, whatever business that is, whether it's a brick and mortar, whether it's a baking business, whether it's, you know, a service-based business, what would be, well, first let's start with what would you tell them if they wanted to quit their job to start? I would say, I mean, always do your research before you make that big jump, not knowing what that personal situation is. Mm-hmm. You, you always want to protect yourself as far as financially. Mm-hmm. So always do your research before you make that decision, unless, you know, that decision's made for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you, you know what you're getting into and be a hundred percent sure that that's the decision you want to make. And of course, if it, it's been a dream and aspiration, you know, in your heart that you want to make that decision. So mm-hmm. chances are it's a go. But, you know, there are, for me, when I was looking into um, becoming the entrepreneur, there were some things I didn't know. So I'm glad I researched. You know, I didn't know about the Texas Cottage Law. Um, and I didn't know what those restrictions were. And I was okay with that. But it helped me to understand what my limits would be should I move forward. So, and then, you know, what is it going to cost you to start up? Mm-hmm. And are you set up are you in a good place where you can put out those expenses because up front you're going to pay more yes. but then it you know you know that and <laughs> i learned that because you know what supplies do you need and you've got to be fully prepared to move forward and what is that going you know financially what's that going to cost you mm-hmm. yeah that's a big one with, you don't want to go in with more stress you know thinking oh you know, this will be, you know, easy and then find out, you know, do you need insurance? Do you, mm-hmm. you know, do you need extra hands? Do you need, is it just going to be you? And everything seems to add up. Like, you know, yeah. just, just getting your domain name, that's going to cost mm-hmm. you exactly. 30 bucks, you know, just then having a website, you could do it for free, but you're probably going to need to pay for hosting or, you know, there's everything just kind of adds up a little bit. Yeah, getting your it, it, DBA it. Sp- costs money. Getting your LLC costs money. Yeah. yeah. So just knowing all of that. Yeah. What else? Mm-hmm. What else would you tell them? I mean, follow your heart. Just, mm-hmm. you know, be strong. And if you have a good support system behind you, which I do, I mean, they're going to be there to back you up and don't give up on yourself because mm-hmm. it's not going to be that perfect road. You're going to have failures. You're going to doubt yourself. Um, it's inevitable, but to, to keep with that, you know, stick with it because if it's something that you wanted, you can make that a reality just, Mm -hmm. you know, knowing not to give up. Yeah. Especially when there's, there's going to be hiccups. It's, oh yeah. You're going to fail. And you work work those out. Some are small. 
but yeah. you make them larger than they need to be. Um, <laughs> that is, that's the problem. We escalate yeah. in our mind. <laughs> and you find out, oh, that was just, you know, just a little pebble in the road. So it, it, you can, you can overcome just about anything. So just to have faith in yourself and your abilities. I always think of when I think of failures and I think of setbacks, I think of Martha Stewart. Mm -hmm. out. She went to jail yeah. <laughs> she went to prison and she's still back. She came back from prison and still built her empire. So, you know, like so many people have these hiccups that we're thinking, oh my gosh, this is it. And then they come right back. They over <laughs> right now you bounce right back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't be too quick. Don't be quick to give up. No. That's a good, that's a good one. Because I mean, I admit all the time, like I've launched things. I've launched programs that nobody bought. I mean, my first website is a joke <laughs> when I look at it. People are like, it's not bad. I'm like, all right. Okay. Thank you for that kindness. <laughs> my first videos online, like my first posts on Instagram. I mean, there no comments, no likes, no nothing. I mean, it just happens, right? Like, it does. Yeah. You just keep going. It's, it's more about the consistency than perfection. Mm -hmm. And set goals, like set realistic goals, mm -hmm. whether they're monthly or, you know, more long-term, you know, how much time am I going to give this to succeed, you know, before I, you know, realize I need to tweak something or take a different path, but just, you know, if it's revenue goals, there's that word, revenue goals, so you can't get rid of it. But, you know, knowing if I want to grow, what does that growth pattern look like for me, you know, to, to feel like, okay, this, this is working because I know it's going to be slow. And I know some months are going to be in what I do. Some months are going to be heavier than others. So just being very realistic of those expectations. That's the word realistic. You know, I, I know when uh, I started out, I had all these lofty goals and I never hit them. So it made me, it set me up to feel defeated and to feel like I failed, but I actually needed to kind of under, like I really need to set smaller goals till I actually saw what the response was to what I was putting out there. And then you raise them, but you have to be realistic on, you know, learning as an entrepreneur. Entrepreneur is one of the biggest learning curves. You'll That and being a mom, two biggest <laughs> learning curves you'll ever have in your life. And I'm not a mom. I'm a dog mom. And that's its own way. <laughs> <laughs> but I give credit to moms because that is just life-changing. But entrepreneurs, I mean, your mind changes. Your Everything shifts from outside of you to it's all about you. It's mm -hmm. literally like, you know, when you go to a job, it's about the company. It's about your, your coworkers. It's about clients or whatever. But when you are an entrepreneur, it is all about you. Mm -hmm. Oh, it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's all you. Um, but uh, yeah, setting realistic goals. Um, I think that's why a lot of people fail because they see it as failure because mm -hmm. they didn't hit the big goals. Yeah. yeah. I know enough about that. To not make that mistake. <laughs> Again, you learned from your experience. <laughs> raise two million dollars. <laughs> not gonna happen. Can you please raise one point six million dollars for us? No, <laughs> can't. It. Can't do that. Where am I getting that? Um, oh, the days. <laughs> um, what was your biggest mindset shift as an entrepreneur? Hmm that I was in complete control of my destiny. Mm. Someone else wasn't, Ooh. you know, if, 
if I want to become something bigger and better, it's, it's up to me and it's on me. I'm the only person standing in my way. Whereas the old nine to five, it wasn't just me, though my performance could be good, but there was always someone else determining that for you. Um, and all their scales are different. Um, and if there is a future, someone else is planning that out for you. Those you know, spots need to become available. For me, it's endless. It's what I want to happen to my future. It's in my control. It's about your vision for your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, oh, I love that one. Wow. That one, that's a good, that's a big mindset shift. Cause you yeah, know, I, I say it. to people all the time, like, you know, people are like, Oh, you know, they climb the corporate ladder and I'm like, but you can only make so much money and you can only be a certain person, you know, when you're, when you're judging your world by your career and your family, right? There's a, there's a, you can only be to the, you know, this level based off of what the company allows you to be. Right. When you're an entrepreneur, sky's the limit. You know, I see my coach, she and her husband, they flip houses, they invest in different businesses. They, they have real estate, they, you know, rental properties, they, they, you know, they, they maximize themselves as an entrepreneur by branching out and they're, they grow their businesses, you know, in certain ways. And that's what you could do as an entrepreneur. You can say, okay, I want this to be the next Betty Crocker or whatever. Those poor Betty Entomans, I don't know. Um, you could say, right, that's, you can dream that big as an sure. entrepreneur. Or and you can, you can say, happen. I just want to keep it the way it is right now. I'm so happy. And that's okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, that's a hard lesson, you know, in our world where people are talking about the billionaires. Like I get caught, even as an entrepreneur, when you start to get into that entrepreneurial world and you're ta- people are talking about the big success stories, you know, even when you watch Shark Tank, you know, and all these businesses grow yeah. to millions of dollars, <laughs> right? And you think, to me, and I struggled with this up until this year, up until about four or five months ago, where I no longer knew my definition of success. I just was looking at everybody else and their goals were million dollar goals. And I was like, well, of course my businesses need to be making a million dollars, obviously. And so it distorted, it took away my control of what my destiny looked like and what I thought success was. And I was like, whoa, I'm like, I did the number, I literally did the number crunching and I tell people to do this exercise all the time. What do you really need to feel abundant? Do you really need them? And I sat there and I go, yeah, of course I'd find something to do with a million dollars. Most of it would probably sit in a bank. Like even if I wanted to take 10 vacations, like I was crunching numbers going, what would I do with a million dollars? It would be nice, but it's not when I really crunch to the life I want and the things I want in my life and the experiences I wanted. It was a fraction of that number of what made me feel successful. And what it turns to is, when you're in business, it's not just about the money. It's about the experiences. It's about your, how you're feeling, what it makes you feel. Do you feel fulfilled? Do you feel like you're making an impact? Do you feel like you're bringing happiness to other people? And that is, it's so freeing that I can say, I don't want the million dollars. I just want to control how I want my life to live. Yeah, exactly. And I like just the, just the baking part of it makes me happy. Mm-hmm. It's like I get into my own little world of music playing or it's quiet, just depends on the day. And I just, it's like a happy place. Mm-hmm. And I've not thought about the monetary side of it. Like I need to be, you know, making this much 
or I'm failing. It's just the fact that people are ordering yeah. is sustaining me right now. It's, you know, just bringing in that business mm -hmm. right now. It, it's very fulfilling. Yeah. And that's actually one of the, that's actually, I find the key to success is that you're serving and you're doing it from a passionate place and you're loving what you're doing and people are contagious. Cause like you put your posts out, you could tell like how, how much heart goes into your cookies. Like there's so much, like they're beautiful. They taste good. They're packaged beautifully. Right. So you can see that this is, this is heart and soul. Like there's, you can tell like every single cookie you design is, it's not like, Oh, I got to do another one. You know, you could tell yeah. they're all precise. Um, and people, that's how you're successful. When, you're, when you take money out of the equation, it tracks that energy where people are like, oh, I feel the passion as opposed to if you were revenue led, right? You, if you were like, I need the next sale, I need the next sale, I need the next sale, people are going to know it's about the sale. Right. That's true. I know someone had mentioned to me when I told them I was doing this large project, it was the same cookie. It was the same design, different colors. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they were roses. And this person had said to me, oh, how boring, because I'm doing the same thing over and over and over. And I was like, I'm not looking at it that way. I mean, yes, it's the same design, so it's easier to knock out. But to me, I was looking at this is a huge opportunity for me mm -hmm. for exposure. And I need to make sure that they all look good because should that one person get an ugly, you know, <laughs> what? Yeah. So it's, it is a lot about enjoyment. And the other thing that I'm really proud of that I do is I do give back a percentage of my sales to a nonprofit every month. So at first they were ones that I was close to people that I had connected with along the way. And, you know, as I continue to grow, I look to my clients for things that are important to them, like my repeats. Mm -hmm. So like this um, past month was the um, Dallas Fort Worth Humane Society because mm -hmm you know, someone that's become a dear friend of mine is also a really good client too. Um, she's very passionate about that organization. And I had asked her, so she gave me the local, you know, the local one. She's also about recycling and, and all of that too. And I want to be able to connect with my clients that way too, that it's all of our community, not just, you know, me and what I believe in. So um, that makes me proud. So you know, sometimes it, it, I mean, last two months have been a nice chunk that I've been able to give back to, uh, I mean, for being a home business, pretty good mm -hmm. chunk of change to go back. So that's just another way you're putting heart Fine. into your business. Yeah. And that actually, that attracts clients too, because it doesn't just seem like a revenue building business. It really is about the community and the heart. And people love that. Like, I love that because it means so much that. I'm not only buying cookies for an occasion, but part of it's going to help somebody else too. Right. And it keeps me connected to that part of me, mm -hmm. you know, that I was afraid I was going to lose when I left nonprofit. So that mm. was the way that I could bridge the two. That's a great example of you putting all the pieces of you into your business. Yeah. Yeah. And you can, you can do that. Like, it's just, it doesn't have to just be a business. It's, it is you, like your business, you know, we, you know, in the entrepreneurial world, we talk about your personal brand. Well, your, your brand as a company is just you. <laughs> it's not like the old school Pepsi, Apple, you know, branding. It's no, you are the face of your company. You are the heart because most of our businesses are started from our heart and soul. 
So that's what comes out in our businesses. That's really, it comes from a why. It comes from a reason for wanting to start it. It comes from, even if you didn't have a why up front, you eventually are like, oh, I do have a why. I do have a passion for this. I love my clients. I love my customers. I love the cookies. I love the design. You know, that comes out and that's a whole piece of you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you. Any last thank words you. or thoughts before we close out? I wish I would have done this a long time ago. <laughs> to my husband. He is a wise man. <laughs> the number one thing all entrepreneurs say when they kick their, you know, throw the tantrums of being in a nine to five and then they start a business like, why did I leave? I know yeah. so much of what I'm capable of now. <laughs> Yeah, and just the, the, the happiness and the balance that's it's brought back to my life. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade that in. No, no. The dollars that I lost, you know. It's mm -mm. No, because life's a journey, not a destination. And that, oh exactly. exactly. It's really about enjoying every single moment. And that's what you have to do. You have to create you basically have to design your life the way mm -hmm. you want it to live. Live life your own way. And that's what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Happy <laughs> so, about that. Yay. Well, congratulations thank on you. such and a great too. business. Uh, thank you. So where can everybody find you and follow you? So we have, um, I always say we, it is a family business. <laughs> so we have our, uh, we have Facebook. So it's North Texas cookie jar. Um, dot com is the website and Instagram North Texas cookie jar. Okay. You can find this. Awesome. All those places. So and if you know anybody that lives in the Dallas, do you do Fort Worth too? Yes, I do Dallas Fort Worth, Dallas. Um, yeah, as long as we can deliver, mm -hmm. meet up, they usually come to the house or I've delivered depending, you know, I like to get out still. And then if you know anybody in the area, but you're not, then you can, you can have them order locally for you. Oh, okay. Ship, unfortunately, so, so that they can ship them to you. Yeah, so they mm -hmm. can place the order. You know, we can place the order, and they can go ahead and ship it to you. Okay. So Good. You're not out. <laughs> no, and they're so yummy, and the designs are beautiful. Like they are just, yeah. they just look like art. Um, I got to credit they... Pinterest and all of those people that are out there <laughs> sharing um, for to. this whole purpose. Yeah, and there are, and, and it's a very um, supportive network that I'm in that That's people nice. are, are very willing to support each other, to share their ideas. And I share mine. So there's That's plenty nice. of opportunity for all of us to live in this world. So yes, there's enough to go around. Oh, for more than, yeah. Yeah. And as you said, some people wouldn't be able to take, you know, clients on cause they're too busy. So there's another option out there. Yeah. So we've Always. got referral network set up and you know, if I can't do it, then I've got a handful of people that oh, I would, in a heartbeat send people to because I've tried their work. I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> Tasted it. Did the taste test already. Stamp of approval for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And everybody has their own little niches that they fall into. Some get really, really creative with designs and flowers and all that on a cookie. And then others are more simple, more basic. So there's something for everyone and people out there that can do it. Yep. Yep. Everybody has their own special gifts and people are yeah. going to be attracted to somebody's special gift. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you so thank you much so for much. taking the time and chatting with us. Yeah. So y'all go follow Kathy and we'll see you all next time. Bye.
Hi, Joyful Lady. Thank you so much for listening to the True Joy Revolution podcast. I want to invite you to join the Joyful Business Society Facebook group. This is where you'll receive coaching, support, guidance, and friendships, all the things you need to live your best life and become the CEO of your life and business. You'll receive VIP access to trainings and new resources, and even discounts on courses and coaching. So pop over to Facebook and search for the Joyful Business Society and join today. I look forward to seeing you in there. And if you liked what you heard today, help us spread the message by leaving a review for other women to see and be encouraged to subscribe. Your reviews go a long way with helping this podcast be seen by those that are ready to live life their own way. So thank you so much for helping us spread the love and helping other women embark on their own True Joy Revolutions. So thank you so much for being a part of the True Joy Revolution community. I really appreciate it and I'll see y'all next time.